You're listening to the One Room with a View show with Christopher Preston and Dan Orton. Hello and welcome to the One Room with a View show with myself, Christopher Preston. Joining me as ever is the Duke of Dramatic Criticism. It's Mr. Dan Orton. Good evening. That was good, that one. I like that. That I just thought of that. I was say, it it took you... a couple of uh, tube journeys. Yeah, I actually the, had to ask juke. your advice at one point <laughs> on the uh, Dan. But... I need to introduce you. <laughs> well, it's one of those weird things of like I, I I've I've had some good ones for the last few shows, but I've uh, you know I'm I'm at my limits. <laughs> <laughs> Creatively speaking, Dan. that's it, folks. We've peaked. <laughs> exactly. You, my little kind of sensor is just going <laughs> at the moment, where it's like refueling. Uh, but I've had a cup of tea. Yep. I've sat down, we've had a good chat, Yeah. and now I've got one question for you, Dan Orton. Go on. What's coming up on the show tonight? I'm glad you asked me. Good. I, I can tell you. Uh, we obviously, some film old, some film new this week, we'll be looking at the Lego movie. Yes. Uh, which we both saw Much the weekend. anticipated. Much anticipated Lego movie. I uh, can't wait to talk about that. I cannot wait <laughs> to have a chat about I it. I don't think I've been this excited about... Lego <laughs> since I was probably well since Christmas. Actually. I was going to say uh, since I was twenty three years old. Twenty three years old, and I was going a little Gandalf minute. Anyway, um, <laughs> I digress. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. <laughs> I'm glad it found you. <laughs> oh, that was you. <laughs> I say nothing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the uh, and our something old is. Uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, mm. which was also written and directed by Chris Miller and Phil Lord. That's right. So there's the link there, as well as some other links we'll discuss. Of course, when we get, to I'm it. sure you've been down the rabbit hole of. Oh, once down. more, you know what I'm like. I, I know you what can't you're like. Stop me, you know. <laughs> uh, later on in the show, we're going to be doing in a nutshell, which yes. you are taking control I am of this my, week. My debut. Um, for the uh, I'm looking forward show. to that. For people who aren't aware, that's 30 seconds. Chris has 30 seconds to describe a film he has seen, uh, and and basically persuade me to see it or, or not that's think, right you know in yeah. 30 seconds just and it's a good a... film i won't say what it is mm. but it's a good film yeah uh we're bringing back the shelf for a second the shelf week. is back dan just, you know because we couldn't think of anything else <laughs> <laughs> we haven't let it gather dust yet we thought we'd raid ebert's oh, yeah. idea cabinet <laughs> exactly. one more time bless you bless you roger um and it's my turn this time i'm adding a, a metaphorical dvd to our Equally metaphorical shelf. <laughs> to the wooden shelf that, that has only The Godfather Part 2 at the moment. It needs a brother or sister to yeah. be put up there. Um, so, and, and I think you'll be... Am I going to be impressed, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Lovely. I'm worried you've already guessed it from okay. stuff you've said earlier in the evening uh, before we started recording. I'll tell you what, when, when we do the shelf, I'll do the little jingle and I'll ask you a couple of questions at the beginning to see if I can anticipate what Are we gonna, it is. We're just going to do 20 questions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I reckon I can get it in maybe two. Yeah. I'm going to throw the gauntlet down. You know me too well. I do, unfortunately. Um, and then <laughs> you this week uh, are going to be providing us with netpicks. I am. I am. Yes, indeed. Uh, the 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 runaway success. <laughs> the runaway the, hit. The, you know, yeah, the runaway hit. There is Netflix. Yeah, I think Netflix has got another six pound a month out of us. <laughs> so uh, yeah, well, I look forward to. I'm just doing my bit. <laughs> And I don't know if you're, you, you have watched this particular entity, Dan. Mm. Not bothered about the listener. I don't know if you... If I, so I'm going to... When gonna, are we, really? <laughs> exactly. Listen to the other shows. A flagrant disregard, I think. Um, but I am going to try and persuade you to, to join in, Dan. Okay. It's a great, great pick. I, 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 I should point out, listen, I mean, Chris and I, apart from discussing, obviously, some film old, some film new, as we do every week, uh, and obviously, you know, because the logistics involved in planning those. Yeah. This week, we don't know 
what the other, you know, we've kind of taken features ourselves, and we're not sure what, what the other is going to talk about. So it's as much a treat for each of us as yeah. it is for it's you. It's opening a few Christmas <laughs> presents. Oh, well, I mean, that's why we do the show, Dan. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it always started out that when we did back in the radio days, we always used to have to assign a soundtrack, so we always knew what the other person was going to speak about. But the joy of the podcast is this kind of enigma that we've yes. now created. I mean, we said, you know, we could we could pretend it's sort of like an extra layer of uh, enjoyment and, and intrigue for you, or we could be honest and just say, well, we just don't have the time to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we respect him too much for that, we, Dan. <laughs> we make it all up on the fly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and also, we've got uh, a little bit of housekeeping. We've got some special yes. points to raise in housekeeping. Yes. And I believe you have a challenge for me as well. Oh, I do, yes. Okay, After a, a couple of podcasts teasing of, of the challenge, Chris Challenge Dan, we are starting with, with Challenge Chris, and it's a good one. So I, it's all left to I play have, for tonight. I have uh, discussed and plotted with with our esteemed editor, Mr. Brake, <laughs> and we have come up with a suitably uh, beautiful... A beautiful <laughs> <laughs> a wonderful treat for you. <laughs> is that um, that golden envelope? Uh, the imaginary Oh, you've golden noticed envelope the golden envelope yeah, that sat nice. here on our, our desk. Well, Tracy, our beautiful uh, <laughs> assistant. <laughs> Thanks, Trace. She's come. She'll See be, you next. She'll be back. She's gone. Yeah. 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 The, the magic of magic. <laughs> the of magic podcast. of radio, yeah. <laughs> the theatre of podcast, as I think you've called it in the past. Some film old. Some film new. Thank you very much, Chris. No problem. Um... Recorded so. live, as always. Yes, yeah. exactly. Bit um, of theatre there, Dan. <laughs> Showing behind the curtain. I don't know why we've never just recorded that once. Too much uh, money. <laughs> far too much money to do that, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. Exactly. Um, so, <laughs> did that answer your question? It, Good. It did, yes, yeah. it did. I, <laughs> it's purely a financial reason. I, I, Not I that am, I love seeing your face when I do it. I am illuminated. Yes. Uh, mystery solved. On with the show, then. Uh, let's kick off with... The Lego Movie. Well, I mean, let's just quick give a quick. I was going to uh, say rundown do of the of the plots. Mm. Um, well, because we always assume that our listeners know yes, exactly what the plots we've are. We've made that mistake nice. in the past, but no, let us let us kick off with some proper hard facts yeah. about these films, shall we? So, let's as I said it. earlier, uh, the Lego Movie and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which I think, for the sake of uh, usefulness, just be called Cloudy for, yeah. from here on out. Uh, both written and directed by uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord. Who are sort of a, a, a up and coming still, I suppose. I mean, I suppose they were, few, yeah. I mean, well, they 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 done a lot of TV in the past. They're the of, youngest showrunners ever, yes, I believe. Clone that's, High, that's uh, right. Which I which was a big thing in America. I, mm. I think I I missed it. Pass me I, I haven't called it. Uh, yeah. I I think film wise, they've done. If I remember correctly, it's Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Twenty One Jump Street, and uh, Lego Movie. Yes, and they're going to be doing Twenty Two Twenty Two Jump Street. I think they just executively produced Cloudy's sequel. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, so that's so. There's a link there. Um, Lego Movie stars uh, Chris Pratt. Yes. Um, one of the Guardians of the Galaxy. One of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Uh, Will Ferrell, of course. Um, I think we all know who he is. Yeah. One uh, of the Guardians <laughs> of uh, 1970s San Diego television. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, Elizabeth Banks uh, and and the hilarious Will Arnett as mm. as Batman. <laughs> I tell you what. I want to throw this before we even talk about the Lego Movie. Ben Affleck's job has just got three million times worse. <laughs> Will Arnett's Batman is perfect. He is the definitive Batman of he our really, age, I he's think. He's great. The voice, everything. Is a, I mean, I will talk about it more, but I wanted to say that. Sorry, Ben, but your job has been made even worse. I know that they're saying about Christopher Nolan, don't worry about the Nolan films. Worry about the... Le- don't let oh, yeah. the Lego worry movie about the Lego movie. Up. Exactly, yeah. Anyway, so it's about, it's about Chris Pratt's Emmett, That's who right. is an ordinary Lego minifigure 
in in the Lego world. Yes. Uh, who finds out he is the the special, mm. uh, and it is down to him. He will defeat uh, the evil Lord Business, voiced by Will Ferrell, uh, and stop Lord Business from gluing the world together. Yes, with, with the, the evil uh, craggle. Um, I can't. I don't. I'm just say, I don't, don't want to say too much because it it gives away all the wonderful. I mean, I mean, the thing is just chock full of jokes. It is. Um, it's machine gun joke. Mm. As with Twenty One Jump Street and Cloudy with and, uh, and Charles Cloudy, and Meatballs, yeah. it's very much a uh, Simpsons approach to, uh, to 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 comedy in that there's so many jokes every couple of yes. seconds. But even not not even ones that are happening right there in front of you. That's right. In the dialogue, there's stuff going on in over the there, background. There's stuff going on up here. It, yeah. It, you know, it, it's a feast for the eyes, especially. Yeah. I mean, coupled with the animation on both films. Yeah. Uh, uh, just. Looks wonderful, mm. um, so that's Lego Movie in a, in a nutshell. There, yeah. um, Cloudy of a Chance of Meatballs is about a. It's a very absurd <laughs> plot, and yes. I'm very much looking forward Based, to you. Condensing. I think on a very absurd kids book. It is, yeah. Um, so you've got uh, Flint, who is a small town, small island, I should say. Um, yeah, it's like the American American uh, Isle of Wight, almost, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. Yes, yeah. Yeah. it's the, the, a, 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 an island just under the A in Atlantic. I think is the way they <laughs> yes. describe it in the film. Yeah. The island of uh, Swallow Falls, That's which right. is famous for uh, sardines, <laughs> That's for, right, for yeah. providing America with sardines. Mm. Um, quite wonderful. I mean, that's just wonderful in itself. Um, he is a small-time inventor with big dreams of being, the, you know, big, of being the best inventor in in history. He makes a machine which, through a series of um, hilarious misadventures, starts causing the weather to react in a yeah. very strange way. Hence the title. Cloud it starts. Under. It starts raining food. Yeah. Um, and does you it know, rain hilarity... meatballs? Then? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yes, yes, it they does. did well there. Yeah. <laughs> And hilarity ensues. Sure. So that's those are the plots. That's I think, the I two think that's plots. A, yeah, you've, that gives you've away taken enough? them. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That's right. With Lego, I was going to say that uh, uh, Lego is one of those films. It's very strange for me to be saying that you want to go in as cold as humanly possible. So uh, we're going to review it, but not really make too many references to too many plot points. No, um, because probably for the best. There's so much joy that you can crack out of this film. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you'd worried you'd seen the best bits in the trailer, yeah, you you haven't. You because, haven't. I mean, absolutely. those are. Good bits. And, I was yeah. worried about that because I think uh, one of the biggest talking points is no doubt going to be the everything is awesome, uh, yes. which infects which is your still brain. still stuck in my head. I tell you what, I've been on the tube all day going up and down London. Everything is awesome. I mean, that the rest probably the, kept the, you going. The rest of the tube starts joining in. They're all loving it. <laughs> I tell you, every t- I've seen the, the film twice now, and both times walking out of the cinema, it's been a joy because I've literally walked out to a chorus of everyone singing that song. <laughs> Honestly, it's the kind of song that will drive you nuts. You're going to be going around Sainsbury's getting your weekly shot. Everything is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's brilliant. But... um. Yeah, as Dan uh, says, although there are some cracking jokes in the trailer, don't be worried. I was worried that it was like, oh, well, every, you know, all of the best bits is going to be in the trailer. And so much more. So much more. And so much more story as well. Yes. Yeah, I mean, they um, go to all of these different Lego lands. I mean, it's just wonderfully constructed, mm. uh, if, uh, if the pun could be excused there. Uh, uh, pun um, excused, Dan. You, we, we love puns. <laughs> I know we do, yes. It, it, just, I, I was worried. I mean, I think a lot of people were. Like, what? How on earth can they make a movie about Lego? How is that going to work? I mean, it's not even like it's it's a Lego movie of an existing brand. Yeah. They are literally taking 
products made by Lego. Yeah, and it's quite not like a few. Bionicle you know, the movie or I, something. No, exactly. Although <laughs> there is a wonderful cameo from Bionicle. <laughs> in they there. do a, cut, a, a yeah. kind of cutaway gag towards yes. the less successful Lego <laughs> yeah, stuff, less, don't they? Well, I mean, not the Bionicle wasn't very successful. I love but Bionicle. I think <laughs> Bloody love it would Bionicle. never have worked in that environment. Would it? Yeah, oh, of course not. Um, but yeah, I, I just. I, I am I'm still amazed uh, two days after seeing it, uh, but how what they achieved with that and both how films, they achieved it. One thing that we should say absolutely complete credit to the directors and writers because both films they don't just embrace their concepts they luxuriate in them like both quite high concept you know making a film entirely out of Lego pieces and the other one. Uh, t- from turning wa- it's almost biblical he turns water <laughs> yeah. into uh, you know raining yeah. uh, food stuff but yet they they they, they, they love the concepts mm, they commit to they them they commit to them they marry them they they, they don't just commit they, it, it, there's a, a real wonderful realisation of the concepts they, they're never treated as a bane or as something to get round like let's try and normalise this they throw yeah. themselves head first into both and and better better for it. Like both mm. films really do uh, do well from it's that kind of best affection. Not to think too hard about these films. Yeah, you just you've got to sit down and you've got to go along for the ride and Absolutely. just accept everything that they throw at mm. you. And that's, meatballs, and, Lego bricks, anything. So so much is thrown at you in these films. Not just jokes. They do throw a lot of jokes. I think uh, the mentality to, to their their mentality to comedic writing is throw as much at the wall as humanly possible, <laughs> yeah. and some will stick. But but also. There is a serious message there, and, and a wonderful uh, moral to both films. To both films, yeah. Um, which again, we can't discuss too much about giving away crucial block points, which mm. is such, a, which is, I suppose, an agonising side of our yeah. job to you know to try and talk about something, but not talk about something. I know what you um, mean. So yeah, I mean, I will just say now, uh, you know, Miller and Lord, they, they, they know how to make animated films. These films are beautiful, like. It, it, it really got to... Uh, there's parts of it... I mean, there's even parts of it that made me think of other m- m- more recent films. Like, they kind of almost restage The Dark Knight Rises' uh, uh, motorcycle right yes. race through the city. Yeah. They basically reconstruct that with Lego. And I don't know if it is exactly, but it reminded me uh, of the uh, the battle for New York in Avengers as well. Um, towards <laughs> yes, the end of Lego. And it's yeah. almost like they recreate these... But but they have a, such an eye of originality as well. Like mm. they kind of make it look musical in some parts. It, it's kind of uh, a city, city sieges. There's yeah, battles. Yeah. But when, is... when of course when the end of the movie when you, when you get to the sort of the final half an hour of the movie, it yeah. all becomes very clear why those elements I think appear. You know, you re- once you get to the end and, and and listeners, I I it frustrates me that I can't I, say. I'm why. trying to hold you back. <laughs> But you'll see why it, ma- it there makes are more those, sense, of course, those, those nods. Sort of nods to those sorts of things, and it makes perfect sense why those would be there, why yeah. it is exactly the way it is, and it all just it all just comes together nicely. I mean, when the big reveal, not a twist as such, but the big reveal yeah. of the film, um, the wonderful ending, it, you know, I just thought, well, that is, I mean, that is brilliant. The, as you mentioned, the originality um, that they throw in there, but I mean, it's such a wonderful. Uh, twist on on kids animated films i think one thing that i think that the these two films have in common as well is that i think unfortunately nowadays too many comedic films tend to sacrifice characterization for jokes yes so people uh, characters included tend to be this kind of sludge of catchphrases and generic qualities and despite the uh, the obvious genericness of emmett yeah. He's actually a very well-rounded, brilliant little character. Mm. I mean, uh, a- 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 alongside Wildstyle, 
the kind of the badass chick, <laughs> if uh, we can use that, Dan, um, yes, in the Lego yeah. movie. And then, of course, you've got um, Sam, haven't you, in uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, who's the, the woman in there. Yes, Both of them Anna are Faris, voiced, yeah. an, uh, voiced by Anna Faris, yeah, of Scary Movie <laughs> and various other comedies. Yes. Um, but they're very clearly defined and, br- and very good female characters. And it's nice to see that in comedy films. That I mean, I know we've had things like Bridesmaids and then the kind of copycats from that, but I always think women are underserved by comedies. And I, I mean, they're underserved mm. by cinema in itself. And I know that's why when people are talking about The Hunger Games doing so well, but they have got some great female characters in here, but the rest of them, Emmett, Flint, they're all uh, the, 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 the Morgan Freeman-esque sage played by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yes. They're all wonderfully rounded characters that you mm. really go along the ride with. Like, I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. I was chuckling away in that cinema, watch, mm. you know, and I enjoyed watching, catching up on online with, with Cloudy. You know, this... I don't know, I, I, it's a shame not to be able to talk about it more without giving away too much, which I don't want to do. Did you but. enjoy the, the, the referencing? Like, uh, there's that great thing uh, seen in the trailer, like where um, uh, Superman, Green Lantern, uh, Millhouse from The Simpsons, Abraham Lincoln, yes, they're yes. all in this kind of yes, it's the almost the builders. Yeah. Uh, kind of Senate meeting. I thought that was brilliant. And again, so well. And again, the re- I mean, a lot of people watch, I go, well, how can they put all those people... Wait till the end; it yeah, all becomes all very clear sense. how that all works. I mean, that is just—I mean, the, the, if just the introductions of all those characters, it's just—it's it's one punchline after the next. Exactly. Um, and to have uh, Channing Tatum voice Superman and Jonah Hill voice Green Lantern was a stroke of genius. I mean, I wonder whether they managed to just get them on an off day during Twenty One Jump Street, yeah, or Twenty Two Jump Street, even. What just took uh, a and just, phone? Could you just vo- do just some voice? Because of course, Nick Offerman also provides a voice of Metal Beard. And he's yeah. he's the policeman in Twenty One Jump Street. That's right. Um, and I think that, I think Dave Franco cameos as well at some point. It's like they just gathered up a bunch. It's just of their group Jump of mates, Street aren't they? Like, yeah. You could just come and do some voices. Handing quick. out five dollar bills. Yeah. <laughs> with the dictaphone. I, I mean, I would have. If it me, I would have said, "I'll oh, I'll do it if you pay me in Lego." <laughs> just yeah. give me. Do you know what? Give me some Lego After sets. the Lego Movie, I was rabid to buy lego again like i was never really hugely into lego as much when i was a kid but now i want to fill my house with lego and i won't lie to you i'm gonna make a confession uh i went to go and see it and the cinema that i saw it in has a toy shop opposite i walked straight (laughs) into the toy shop i was looking at these lego sets yeah i managed to compromise i bought three packets of the little lego characters dan Oh yeah um i couldn't believe my luck yeah so i've got emmet i've got my a little emmet i've got the uh, the where's my pants guy, uh, uh, and who else have I got? And I've got Larry the barista from uh, oh, the brilliant. coffee shop as well. So I'm so, like, honestly, I've I've been singing. Everything you, is awesome. Have you, have you reenacted the film yet? Uh, nearly. Or what scenes you can? I'm doing the Lego Movie too. All <laughs> oh, right, good. I'm glad to hear someone's on. But that's the, the joy the of it, isn't it? Is that you can make your own because these Lego uh, uh, these Lego pieces you have them in your house as kids, yeah. you know. And it, as twenty year old, I mean, you, you and I are in our our early 20s and we we want to fill our house with lego yeah. afterwards I mean, it's quite sad but <laughs> it's pathetic it's absolutely pathetic but it's yeah. that is what these films can do they both of the films i think i preferred lego movie to cloudy with the chance of meatballs but they they if you're a kid you're going to be as high as a kite watching them but what they also do like i think pixar really opened the vein up of being able to tap into not only the ch- uh, children's market yeah but appealing to the the inner child of of people oh yeah they've got that balance uh you know completely spot on between you know obviously making a film for kids as kids friendly but keeping the adults that go along with them 
interested as well, not, yeah. not sitting there yawning and rolling their eyes. It's not stuff. like one of the Pokemon films that we dragged our poor parents <laughs> yes, to in like yeah. the 90s. These, yeah. th- there is literally something for everyone. I mean, you know, I, I, I think me and me and my friend went to go and see it. We were probably, you know, we were laughing our heads off, at, you know, at points. And then there was stuff, um, you know, with the, the manic spaceman voiced by Charlie Day, which was obviously there to keep the children amused. Of course, and then, yeah. And then the, yeah, the slightly more highbrow jokes and humour yeah. and the background well, it's gags. just the references. But I mean, I lost count how many popular culture references <laughs> oh, there are in this 90-minute film. Um, and again, with, I think with Cloudy as well, I was watching it and just chuckling away at the various things. Um, mm. I love the monkey, Steve. Steve. Voiced, Steve. voiced, voiced Steve. by Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. Who apparently I read whilst researching for this. Um, he was offered the role of Flint, but asked to do Steve because he thought Steve was a far more interesting character. <laughs> the little monkey. The monkey who just who was able to speak human speech thanks to an invention. Yeah. You know, made by Flint, but it, which is just him saying various words over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought, primarily Steve. It's, it's primarily his own name. Yeah. That's and James Khan as well, isn't it? Is the father, isn't he? Yes. That's a, a wonderful turn. A wonderful sight gag with with him. It's a psych gag in, in more ways than one. Yeah. Um, which was which was inspired. They've Just, got that's such lovely writing though, the the the, the relationship they have. Yes. Oh, that's what I mean. It's like that you know, you've got these you've got this stuff that will you know, you've got giant meatballs falling from the sky which will amuse young children, um, and you've got the slapstick. But you've also got that um you know, that emotional connection to uh, it. Yeah. It's, it's got heart. That, that, yeah. Both films have heart. I will say there are there is only a minor criticism that I have of of both film and it's the same criticism is that they're so chocked full of this kind of e number energy that I did feel that both films lose focus perhaps in the middle somewhat right. and it detracted slightly like I, I I I think that in the Lego movie without giving too much away before things begin to move towards its finale yeah it th- th- there's so much energy but it's not always I didn't feel like it was always directed 100%. You might feel like I'm barking completely up the wrong tree. Um, but and, and I felt exactly the same about... The, that I've seen both films twice now, and I think with Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs before... Because Cloudy with a Chance is meat, uh, Chance of... I'm just going to call it Cloudy. Yeah. Like, as we agreed. As we agreed uh, earlier. I don't uh, know why you're trying to <laughs> say it. <laughs> Stumbling over Cloudy with a... That sounds like a, a weatherman with a stutter. Um, uh, but yes, I think that with both films, they the second, Cloudy, for example begins to end about 40 minutes before yes, it's ending. Yes, I think we I was going to I was going to say this. It mm. feels like it's ending and then you see it, there's still a good half an hour 40 minutes left to go and you, and you think well, what? And <laughs> I think that with Cloudy it struggles in that it has a beginning and then it plays around with its concept a little. Uh I mean who wouldn't if there's hamburgers well, and cheeseburgers I was going to say you could have, you have as have much have fun, fun with that it. as you as you uh, want. But then as I say I think the film is like 90 minutes and there's like kind of 25 minutes of uh, set up, which is fine. And then the film begins to end over 40 minutes. So you've got that little middle bit where it just, uh, it's got so much energy, but it's like a kid that's yeah. eating 18 chocolate bars. It's buzzing with energy, but it hasn't, it doesn't quite know where to focus it. What shall it do? And I felt that both films have that giddy, it doesn't take away from the movie. It takes away more from the narrative Yeah, uh, that it just seems to be boiling with this, this, this energy to it without an mm. outlet as much. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I can't say I noticed that so much with the Lego movie. My my counter argument to that would be, I mean, it's just it's a team of people who are thinking, well, they, they, you know, they're making a film with Lego. Exactly. The possibilities are endless. <laughs> really, I think we really. can forgive them the occasional lapse in focus. <laughs> what are we doing? We can build this, and we can do this with this people, and, and let's have this. You know, if I was you, in their shoes, I'd be doing. You know, it. I mean, and I would, exactly you know, I would, uh, I would not envy the editor who has to say, 
actually. Maybe we should take this out, you know. I mean, why would you? It's to so reiterate much about fun. How, particularly with Lego, about how beautiful the film is. Like, making a whole ocean out of blue Lego bits and, mm. and making it look good. It looks amazing. Yeah. Just amazing. And the little, jo- uh, the little jokes with, um, like, Liam Neeson is bad guy. Oh, yeah, good cop, bad cop. There. Yeah. yeah. Does he... He voices both. Does he really? Because yeah. I was going to check the credits today and f- completely forgot. Yeah, no, he voices both of them, which is wonderful. That's lovely. Is there much else that we can say, Dan? I think we've both sold uh, them. Apart from go and go and see the Lego movie and then go out and buy some Lego and go revisit and your childhood and make for the God's sakes. <laughs> right, let's do a Bob rating. Uh, five for Lego and four for Cloudy. I'm going to go for four for both. Okay. And But that... I should echo it's a strong four, <laughs> but, but not so much. I, I, I would give uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs four on the nose for the reasons I've said. Lego loses a, just a tiny little bit because, mm. as I say, I feel like it's brimming with this energy. It doesn't take away. It, you don't resent it for, for, for boiling with this energy. Yes, but yeah. It did feel a little bit like I wanted something more to come out of that bit, but it, it starts and ends so strongly. And as I say, the voice cast is amazing. I can't wait for the second one already. I know. The, I mean, just... Just go and see just, it. Just go. Go now. <laughs> well, here it is in a nutshell. That's the new jingle for in a nutshell because I forgot to the old one. Dan. I, I like it. I think it's Do you good. like it? I think it has a nice... Yeah. Yeah. Remember that one then, for a try. couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, so Dan, do you want to go over it just one last time? What are we going to be doing? Right, yes. For those of you not paying attention earlier... Mm, me. <laughs> Chris has 30 seconds mm. uh, on the clock to describe a film. Yes. Shall I say what the film is now? Uh, yeah. What's the film? It's Her. The ah, new, so the, the new, new film. Phoenix, yep. Yes. Okay. So Chris is going to describe Her in 30 seconds. Yep. Um, and... Myself and you, the listener, after that 30 seconds, and on based on that 30 seconds alone, we must sort of decide where we're going to see it. I mean, obviously, you, you have the I mean, the pleasure of going out and actually getting an informed opinion. Yeah. Um, oh, of course. Don't, but, I mean, don't base I mean, anything on this. But let's just hear... Skip this chapter. Let's hear how Chris would sell it, or may perhaps put us off it yeah. in 30 seconds. Do I seconds. have to give it a Bob rating at the end? If you've got time. Okay, right, perfect. If you Can haven't you got much time. What, when will you let me know when it's cutting down? About 10 seconds? Yeah, I'll give you a 10 second okay, warning. Sounds good. If I keep enough eye. Yeah. All <laughs> right. You can you re- I'll count you in. All right. Three, two, one, go. Her is a very modern love story. It's starring Joaquin Phoenix, Rooney Mara, and the voice of Scarlett Johansson. It's touching, warm, funny, but disjointed, and it certainly loses its fuel around three quarters of the way through. But it's, it starts very well. Its ending is a little odd, but it's got such a human side to it, you'll enjoy it. And it just goes to prove that if technology Ten makes seconds. it, human beings will try to have sex with it, regardless of the cost. Are you done? Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just... Four six, bob, six <laughs> seconds to spare. <laughs> that was the. Yeah, I was thinking the the overwhelming idea was that it's a lovely love story, but man will shag anything. <laughs> and that was this week's in a nutshell. <laughs> there it goes up on the shelf. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. You love that jingle. I mean, don't it's you? pretty. Just, just how earnest you are about you know, <laughs> exactly about, uh, such a mundane task. Yes, on a Monday morning. Uh, yeah. Well, I say Monday morning. It's not a Monday morning. <laughs> yes. It's a Monday evening. 
Uh, shall I say what? I just, I just have these images of you at home and someone saying, uh, looking at my shelf. Chris, Chris, where, where, where's the ketchup? Why it's over there on the shelf. <laughs> That's exactly what I do, Dan. You've just pictured dinner at the Preston household. Uh, anyway, on the shelf, it was a uh, a feature that Roger Ebert essentially <laughs> garnered a very, very long, successful career on that we've nicked. Uh, essentially, what it is is this is an imaginary shelf that we feel. Uh, we should populate with the films that we love, Dan, isn't it? Yeah. Films that you should own. Um, I think one reviewer of the podcast, I think it's at Good Podcasts, Dan, they took a listen. So thank you very much for your listening again. I imagine not if you, if you sampled the, first, the last episode. Um, but they said that it struck them as funny that we called it On the Shelf because the shelf uh, connotates that it's the kind of thing where you just chuck a DVD up there and forget about it. Oh, no, but no. This, no. This is, is quite revered, yes. Yes, this is the kind of shelf that might be at the, the, at the National Gallery. Or, I mean, well, don't get carried away. <laughs> I won't. I, I, I realised that was the wrong thing to say as I said it. But this, this is the kind of shelf, if Dan and I were to live together... This would be our DVD yeah, collection. It would be treated with the utmost respect. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, Little, yes, um, not, no DVDs would be chucked there unceremoniously. No. I can't throw for toffee anyway. So. <laughs> We'd only handle them with gloves. And like a little, a little curator would come out called Arnold, and he would open the DVD cover for us. You know what I just said? Don't get carried away. <laughs> Have I done it again, Dan? it again. <laughs> Arnold. <laughs> All right, stand down, Arnold. You haven't got the job, son. Yeah, <laughs> Take Tracy back yeah, I was going to say, go, go hang out with Tracy. She's in the back. We're creating quite a cast of characters here. <laughs> right. I promised that I would try and guess. Yeah, uh, you've got, you got 20 questions. Two. Okay, right. Question the first. Okay, and I can only answer with yes and no. Yeah. Okay. Is this film directed by Steven Spielberg? Yes, it is. Question the second. Does this film contain prehistoric characters? <laughs> Yes, it does. Is this film Jurassic Park? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> of course it is. How did you know? <laughs> because you are a dinosaur-obsessed mentalist, <laughs> if I can use that phrase, Dan. I'm a bit worried you said that only mm. five minutes after saying man will shag anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I won't. This is a, this is a whole so a different side to walking with dinosaurs we're bringing, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, the floor and the shelf is yours. Yes. Mr. Well, as you've just as you rightly guessed, and and for listeners who aren't who don't know me as well as Preston, uh, yeah, it was always going to be Jurassic Park. I had to start at Jurassic Park. Of course. Um, I love it. it, it you know, it, it's just one of my favourite films. Uh, as a kid, I, I mean, I still love it now. Every time it's shown on ITV, which is probably about like, once every which two is days, every night, <laughs> <Yeah>. I think. <laughs> I just have it on a loop. Yeah. I'm surprised it, I haven't got ITV Jurassic em, em, Park. Emmerdale Coronation Street Jurassic Park. I think that's yeah. every night of the week. On I mean, those are my three favourite. Yeah. Do you like <laughs> the chase? <laughs> you, you're in luck if you tune in at five. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Jurassic Park, as you've already get, you know, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum. Who's it composed by? <laughs> is it Williams? It's John Williams, of course. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> My favourite composer, if anyone's not getting, picking up on the ribbing I'm getting from Chris here for picking Jurassic You know, I didn't mock you for The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> you have no right. When I bring Jack and Jill in in a couple of weeks, you can mock me then, all right? I promise. I think, are you putting Jack and Jill in the same camp as Jurassic Park? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pacino did. <laughs> I think Jurassic Park completely deserves its place on the shelf next to The Godfather yes. Part 2. Um, you know, it... It doesn't age. It, the film looks as good. What what year was it? Nineteen ninety three. Oh, okay. And the visual effects. It won an Oscar for, for the visual effects, um, and rightly so. And they still look 
a lot better than some of the stuff you see these days, I wrong. think. Um, I think that's a fair argument to make. Um, you know, those dinosaurs are quite terrifying. Mm. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they were real. Because they look that good, I mean, don't they? After seeing as a kid, you were left wondering, well, actually, why haven't they done this yet? Mm. Surely cloning dinosaurs is a thing that scientists are very close to perfecting. Yeah. I mean, I've found out since that actually it's impossible. <laughs> oh, um, thanks, sadly. Dad. But <laughs> That chapter closes on the old childhood. Thanks, yeah, Dad. Always. But I mean, who, I mean, you must remember Jurassic Park. I can remember, um, my memory of it is my grandfather buying me the, the video, yeah. the VHS, and it was... It's that genius, just black poster yeah. where it's a mock-up of like almost like you can visit it. That's my earliest memory of Jurassic, uh, Jurassic yeah. Park. I have a very similar one because the VHS was owned by my grandparents. Oh, really? And it was memories of going over there at the weekend, um, you know, finding wanting something to do and saying, "Well, you can watch a film." And there's a whole bunch of films on there actually, which I would you know make up a lot of my childhood memories of, of, of films. Um, but there was Jurassic Park, and I was like, well, what's that? And someone said it was dinosaurs. Of course I was going to watch it. Of course you were. Dinosaurs coming alive in their own I bet park. you were the kind of kid who used to go into the early learning centre like every weekend and buy a new dinosaur. I'd, my grandparents did. Really? Instead of, of giving me the pocket money, they would take that pocket money. Because they knew what you were going to spend it on. And they just go, yeah, they cut out the middleman. They yeah. just went to the early learning centre. Bought one of those little, uh, one of their range T-Rex of plastic toy dinosaurs. Well, quite a collection, yeah. Really? Stegosaurus, T Rex, all, all the pterodactyl, all the good ones. <laughs> all, all the best, all the yeah. A team. Um, and then I tried to get Sam Neill round, but <laughs> <laughs> not was he busy or uh, something like that? Yeah, I know yeah. that you got Wayne Knight round though, because I think you can do that for about twenty quid. <laughs> Fairly certain Wayne Knight. Wayne, Wayne Knight. Knight's not listening. <laughs> Um, he's the he's the most likely of any Hollywood to listen to this, though, isn't it? <laughs> Wayne Knight is the only person in Hollywood I can imagine listening to the one. Him and James Badge Dale, apparently. But yes, we'll get we'll, to, we'll come get on to, to that it. later. We'll come on to, to, to Badge. Um, yeah, I mean, you've already said the music by John Williams. Who who? I mean, you must know that. Who doesn't remember the Jurassic Park score? Who cannot hear the Jurassic? Can you Park hum it, score? Ross Dan? I, I don't think. I, I think you can. I don't think I will. I can. I can hear all thirteen listeners praying. <laughs> Go on. No, I, do you remember that time on, on Twitter I, I actually tweeted it out? Oh, yeah, didn't guess. you do it, um, I suppose, yeah, phonetically? Just, just phonetically, written down. I just a series that, of I? dumb. Well, yeah, you say you guessed it, but it's probably the same reason you used I to guess. I guessed it because the only film you ever talk about is Jurassic Park. <laughs> it's not the only film I ever talk about. <laughs> It'll be that and the Lego movie for the next two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we're only at the end of it. Uh, the great thing about the music as well is that, have you ever been to Universal in Florida? Yeah. They soundtrack Universal to that, don't they? Yes. So as you yeah. walk in and it says, welcome to Universal yeah. Studios or whatever, it plays <laughs> the Jurassic <laughs> <laughs> He's done it. He's done it. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's such a great, because that's when the helicopters go over, isn't it, in Jurassic yeah. Park. And obviously when you go in as a kid for the first time into Universal Studios, I think I was 19, I should say, the first time <laughs> I was did. Uh, but you go through and it does a da 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 And the Back to the Future theme. Two yeah. great, great uh, soundtracks. I mean, there is nothing to not like. No. About Jurassic Park. No. Really. I mean, it brings out the kid in everyone. Mm. As, we've just, we've, well, as we've been discussing kids' films. Mm. Jurassic Park isn't a kids' film, is it, really? It's a family film. It's a family film, yeah. Um, and, and that's something that we should have said in the Lego movie and Cloudy, and Cloudy which is what it's going to be called. Uh, <laughs> there is a real difference between kids' films and family films. Yeah. Kids' films are just those fodder at Easter and Christmas that they just kind of, you know, throw into the, the machine-gun-wielding children to just devour yeah. and that you can buy Happy Meal toys with. And then family films are things like Jurassic Park and the Lego movie and Cloudy. Mm, which you uh, can buy Happy Meal toys with. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure you can. <laughs> but they're the kind of things where everyone will get something. Yes. 
And I mean, and, and Spielberg knows how to do those films. Mm. Spielberg, I mean, look is, at ET. Yeah, yeah exactly. For, for the, I mean, that will be on the show soon. <laughs> um, if I've got anything to do with it, but yeah, I mean, I've just I've, I've just written in my notes here uh, whilst putting together this because I thought my my sort of we've both been quite professional today, thought, Dan. We've both got our notepads. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I just thought my my uh, my childlike sort of gleeful ramblings about this film probably wouldn't cut it. But then I looked at my notes and realised I just written it's dinosaurs for God's sakes. <laughs> That's that, it in a nutshell. That's my <laughs> argument. I, I think you know that that is my case, my lad. Yeah, I don't think I need to. Well, um, I know this is uh, these aren't going up on the shelf. We should say this is just Jurassic Park. But what are your thoughts on the se- sequels? On the sequels, uh, I mean, again, I mean, you know, they. Get, I don't think they quite recaptured the magic of that first one, as uh, you know, and that's the fault of many sequels. I mean, you'll disagree of Godfather Part mm. Two being your first choice, sure. But um, I enjoy them. I've, I've watched them. Are you looking times. forward to the next one? I'm curious about the next one, and it'll sure. be interesting to see what they do with it. But I mean, like I say, I, I think I'll probably watch the the new one and then go home and watch Jurassic. Of Park. course, yeah, almost um, like a, a trailer for the, yeah, the original. Yeah, why yeah. not? I mean, you know, it's. I don't think I want to go too much into this. Uh, it's up on the shelf. It's it's a dinosaur movie. Yeah, it, it brings back. I mean, it as I said, it, it brings back wonderful memories of childhood, and it's just a really nice, just a really enjoyable, you know, action packed, funny. Um, you know, Jeff Goldblum starring uh, family film about dinosaurs trying to eat humans. Featuring Wayne Knight <laughs> from Featuring Seinfeld. Wayne Knight. A special mention uh, to the production designer, Rick, Rick Carter, I just wanted to say, who does an obviously stellar job Perfect. with that island. So that's going up on the shelf, Dan. Yeah. Lovely. Right, so over to you, Chris, with this week's Netpicks. Do you know what the best thing about it is? Is that you do that great kind of uh, I'd buy that for a dollar Robocop like point at me. Yeah. And that's lost on the podcast. But I want everyone to imagine <laughs> that if you don't know, Dan, I described you as the, the love child of Stephen Merchant and Christopher Lee. Obviously, you can hear the Christopher Lee-ness. So imagine Steve Merchant pointing emphatically at a rather short 24-year-old and you'll get the full potency <laughs> Of the netpicks jingle, yeah. it's the only the only one that Dan wants. The to only be a one part that I ever do. <laughs> uh, right, so it's over to me today, isn't yes, it? Yes, over to you. Okay, well, originally, Dan. Um, oh, happy Valentine's Day, properly for the other day and to all the listeners. Uh, originally, I w- my netpicks was going to be the Valentine's Day film that myself and my significant other enjoyed, oh, yeah. which was Eileen Wernhoss, the life and death of a serial killer. <laughs> That's something she enjoyed on Valentine's night. Nothing says romance. <laughs> Quite like a documentary on serial killers. Yeah, um, and it's a film I probably... Where, where is Hattie, by the way? Oh, she left me oh, <laughs> on Valentine's Night. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, the that's something I'll, I'll come round to speaking at another Netpicks. But I thought it would be indecent, Dan, to choose anything but House of Cards, the new... Uh, the new season, I should say. Of course, say. of course. Um, and I know that we, can't, we we are strictly a film show and a film blog, but I remember last time you bent the rules for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I hijacked it slightly with Adventure Time. So in keeping <laughs> our little kind of shout-outs to these little independent television series, Dan, <laughs> yes, starring, starring Kevin Spacey and costing $100 million, yeah. uh, I thought I'd give it a little big up. Um, they'll I tell you what they'll appreciate it. Have you yes. seen it? 
I, no, I haven't. I've not seen any of it, sadly. Right, okay. Let me tell you what it's about, Dan. It's a remake of a British television series, uh, moved to uh, Washington. Yes, which originally starred Ian Richardson. Absolutely, yes, Ian as Francis Urquhart, Urquhart, I believe. Yeah. That's right. They've changed it slightly, so mm-hmm. that instead of being a Scottish... Uh, he was... A, was he a Scottish aristocrat or something like yes, that? Yes, I believe he was, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I have seen it, but it was so long ago. They're also on Netflix. Yes, I've, Netflix. yes I've seen yeah. those, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the new version is the much trumpeted. It's, I think it was the very first piece of original programming Netflix ever did. And I've picked up a really worrying uh, affectation now where I keep calling Netflix Netpicks. <laughs> so if I do It'll that... It'll catch on. I was going to say, if I do that in the, in, in, yeah. in the subsequent... Well, it only helps brand recognisability. And that's our brand, <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> you, and, you and your billion dollar lawyers. Um, yeah, House of Cards. Have it. So it's a remake of the Br- British political thriller of the, I think, 80s or 90s. Mm. Um, it's, it's been brought forward to modern day uh, America. Washington, D.C., and uh, Kevin Spacey is the new Francis, Francis Underwood. And I should say, despite Kevin Spacey's remarkable filmography, and Kevin Spacey is one of my personal favourite actors of all time, this might be one of his very best performances. Okay. Uh, Now, you share the Breaking uh, Bad-sized hole in my life. I know both of us have lost that. Absolutely, yes. House of Cards is one of those things where it will... Take your life on in a similar way. You won't have a life. You'll have House of Cards watching time. <laughs> but the, the, the interesting part of it, the innovation of House of Cards, is that it's not being shown on AMC or HBO or NBC, CBS. Yeah. It's, ne- N- it's Netflix exclusive. It's, it's their original content. Yes. Well, they, they, they bought it, didn't they? They got the rights to commission They own the rights. Yeah. Yep. They bought the rights and they made it themselves. Reportedly, the first season cost $100 million, So this is big budget television and it looks spectacular. Uh, but what is the most interesting part of it is that whilst uh, the traditional television networks will tease you one episode a week, Netflix drops the whole season of House of Cards on one particular day. Season two came out on Valentine's Day, and that's the right. whole whole run of the season. Yeah, and so it basically allows you to uh, to um, decide how quickly you want to watch it, which is annoying in terms of Twitter because obviously <laughs> I, I think Darren Aronofsky was uh, tweeting uh, spoilers for the first season and got harangued by everyone. He was just <laughs> announcing so many spoilers because he was yeah. watching them. I think whilst he was uh, filming Noah. Right. Right. It is a hazard, I suppose, in this, you know... In, in this kind of social media-obsessed uh, kind of situation that we're yeah. in. But it's, it's such a great television show. It's interesting. It's, it's greasy. It's oily. It's very dark. Um, it has your Tony Soprano, Walter White-esque anti-hero. And Kevin Spacey is clearly having an absolute ball playing Francis Underwood. He's uh, the sort of character you imagine that an actor would really... Like get sink their teeth into it really, and, enjoy and, and I think that Francis Underwood is that is the kind of character that I mean, Spacey can't believe his luck that he's playing <laughs> in, and I can't believe my luck at such a perfect casting. But it, it continues that uh, the affectation of the British se- series where uh, Francis will break the fourth wall, yeah, and he will look at the camera and he talks to you particularly. Uh, Dan Orton, <laughs> I think your reference. Well, I mean, Kevin like, and I have had many conversations like in the past. Um, it's but, nothing new. <laughs> but uh, whereas at the beginning, it's it's annoying at the beginning. I won't lie to you because it feels wrong. You know, these TV. I don't. I never really like the fourth wall breaking. Yeah. But um, 
it begins at the, out at the beginning as just a, a, a an exposition device. He kind of turns around to you and go, "Oh, by the way, this is so and so." And because of it being quite a dense political drama, it's quite it, it actually is quite helpful because it will remind you of who's who. But as the series progresses, yeah, it becomes more not so much an exposition device, but more that he's making you complicit with all of the deeds he's doing. Oh, I see. And so, yeah. for example, and I don't want to spoil any of this show, and you won't want it spoiled for you, Dan. No, I don't think I but will. But the first episode of the second season, he doesn't look, he doesn't break the fourth wall at all until the final two minutes of the last, the, the final two minutes of the episode. Yeah, yeah. And then he just looks at the camera and he says, uh, no, sorry, he doesn't even look at the camera. He's in the mirror and he just says, uh, do you think I'd forgotten you? And then he just looks at the camera and it's so good. It's one of those real shiver down your spine oh, moments. Very clever, yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. But wonderful cast, very eclectic class, uh, cast, sorry. Uh, fabulous writing, absolutely fabulous. It's beautifully shot. Um, and I just really wanted that this to be my week's net picks because, uh, as I say, the second season came out and it's got every promise of being as yeah, good as the first. I think that's a, that's a cracking choice. Yeah. Um, and, go, and should go alongside Buffy there as, yes. as, a, as, a, as our second net picks. Yeah, and um, both seasons obviously readily uh, readily available, so you can yeah. watch them if you want to tease it out. Uh, Netflix, Netflix give you the the chance to sip at House of Cards, although you do end up glugging them. <laughs> like honestly, I sit there. I, I told you before. How many have you watched in, in a go? How many have you watched in one in go? In one go. Because I tend to be able to get through. I, I can sort of ration myself to one or two episodes of Buffy. Okay. In a sitting. Are you re-watching Buffy? Or, yeah. or, or, or Some of them are new. Some of them are new for me. Some of them I, are new. As, we've said, as I said in the original podcast relating to that uh, series, that I didn't watch it religiously when yeah. it was first broadcast. And now so you're I'm, I'm now filling the a gaps. rabid dog. But, I, you know, I'm loving it. But uh, so how many have you watched in one sitting? I think the most I've ever watched in one sitting is... Four episodes. Four episodes. And aren't they, aren't they an hour long? They're an, an hour, hour long. So, so you've yeah. watched four About hours four straight hours. of, yeah. of yeah. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Um, Dan, <laughs> watch one... Machiavellian d- best. I tell you what, what, watch one episode and I dare you to not watch the second one. Is I, that my challenge? That's <laughs> your, that, that your challenge. My friend texted me the other day and he was like... And I was like, oh, Valentine's Day. I can't believe I can't sit and watch Kevin Spacey. <laughs> I've got to watch Eileen Wernhose instead. But um, uh, my friend sat and watched it and he texted me and I went, where are you? Yeah. He, I should say that his name's Will. He's a wonderful chap. He introduced me to House of Cards, so right. I'm going to give him a shout out. Thank you, Will. Um, but he texted me after a few hours, like uh, of them going online, and he was like, "Right, I'm on episode eight. He just couldn't believe his luck. He was racing through them. But they are that they are that that, that Netflix write them knowing it's got that box set mentality. Yeah. They want you to watch as many as, but it, as possible. But it just seems it seems like you're shooting yourself in the foot a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, the but annoying cause, thing cause is... Because then you've now got... Presumably, if you watch all 13... I think there's 13, yeah. ...episodes in yeah. one sitting, or over the course <laughs> of a weekend... Yeah. You've you're then got nothing. You're gutted for a whole year. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you'd never be able to string out 13 episodes over the course of a year, mm. but you'd be able to do a better job... Um, I know what you mean. At, well, that's, at maybe, that's the quandary yeah. that Netflix give you, Dan. They're not only providing you with quality entertainment, they yeah. give you philosophical, ethical questions as well. well. Thank God for Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, but... Uh, but what I, happened to delayed gratification? That's well, I, there's, I mean, it's gone. I tell you now, I, I watched one last night after Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Yeah. I looked, it was too late to put on a second one, but I want to get, I want to finish this podcast, down. I want to get home and just hook myself in to Netflix. <laughs> Dear God. And watch the next few hours. But yeah, um, as I say, the, the, the two seasons are available on Netflix now. Sit and watch them and uh, email us. Let us know what you think. Uh, one, one view show at gmail.com. Yeah. Right, it's housekeeping. That doesn't need a jingle, does it? No, no. It is our, you know, this traditionally how we end the our show. Our sweeping up time. Indeed. 
Mm. We're fixing the mess. Because Tracy, <laughs> Tracy and Arnold have gone home. <laughs> the mess. <laughs> anyway, right, Dan, what are we doing? Um, well, uh, we both watched the BAFTAs on Sunday night. That's right. Um, and, and, and as everybody, we won't discuss the awards. We'll, we'll save that for a later day after we're, we're going to have a look at all the awards of, of, of this year. Yeah. Um, that there's one thing. Soon. There's one aspect of the show, and this happens every every year. The BAFTAs do this. They have uh, the obituary section, the yes, immemorial section, yeah. And it's a lovely montage of of uh, actors and and film industry, uh, you know, bigwigs, people who made their mark on the film industry, yeah. and who have sadly passed away since uh, last year's BAFTA awards. Mm. Um, now you text me soon after it st- after it finished, and yeah. they, you know, Stephen Fry had carried on hosting in, in his inimitable way, um, and you pointed out to me that there were a few names missing. I was gutted, and yeah. we've we've since we've since realised there's a couple more names to add to that list. Yes, and it it seems odd that these particular individuals were. Um, Omitted, well, or at least even just overlooked and forgotten. It's the thing that, I mean, particularly with the BAFTAs, there is that very cheeky British bias. Like, we love the BAFTAs, yes, but there's yeah. that love, what, there's wonderful kind of flag waving yeah. about it. And it just seemed very strange that there are two names in particular. Um, what we're going to do, sorry, we should say, what we're going to do, we're going to remedy it by just saying the people's names because we feel like these people are, you know, they're, they're, they were such wonderful entities, they were such wonderful additions to the yes, industry. Yeah. We, they, they should be allowed their time. And so if, if the one room of the view show can give them a little bit uh, of, of yes. the memory they, uh, they deserve and the respect As they deserve. As you say, it, it is strange that the, that BAFTA ignored yeah. them when, you know, I mean, it's not like we ever really win much at the BAFTA Awards these no. days anyway. We, we, well, we, we won gravity we can yesterday, at least say, Dan. We, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, you could at least, I mean, it was always kind of a given that you could at least sort of stick two fingers off an American and say, well, more of us die exactly, this year. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Take that. Well, it's funny because I spoke to Dan, and uh, as I say, we'll we'll, we'll, d- we'll g- uh, say the names in a moment. But there were a couple of notable uh, omissions, mm. and obviously, Twitter being Twitter, instantly sunk its teeth into that and began to decry and ask for the, the man's head, ask for him to be put on the next victory <laughs> list, the person who <laughs> left these names off. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 it was strange that Yahoo Movies uh, ran a story on it, and uh, they wrote this thing about oh. Uh, so-and-so and so-and-so were left on th- off the obituaries list. They had a picture of Philip Seymour Hoffman, and the caption was, made the cut, Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's like, of all the things to have put, made the cut. Oh, would you, would you make it onto the obituaries list? Yeah, someone, well done. Someone at Yahoo's got yeah. a, a They'll <laughs> be on the list as well next humor. year. Yeah, very gallow sense. Yeah. So without further ado, shall we say the names then, Dan? Definitely. Okay. Um, first up, Roger Lloyd-Pack. And I'll go with Roger Ebert. Richard Griffiths. And James Gandolfini, rest in peace. Indeed. Uh, what else have we got, Dan? Well, um, look, I'm going to save. I'm going to save your challenge to the very end. Oh yes, yeah. Tracy's on standby. But you, <laughs> <laughs> she's in the just about to get in the cab on the way home. Um, but I mean, we obviously want to draw attention as as ever to uh, to the blog, to the blog, our, yes. our, our parent, if you will. Yeah. Our um, Godfather, edited yeah. by Mr. David Brake, the yes. charming, wonderful, lovely Mr. David Brake. There are Brake. a few articles you want to draw some attention to. Yes, I've got them written down, properly and professionally down. Good, with my little I notebook. can't remember a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that time of night, though, isn't it? God bless you. Yeah. We've still got a long way to go home. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, it, I always say this, we are 
privileged enough to represent a wonderful blog. Um, the one uh, we are the One Room with a View show, and the blog is One Room with a View dot com. Yeah, uh, and it looks at films. Uh, it boils film reviews of the latest releases down to just one hundred words. Uh, but we've also got some really cracking features, and there's more coming every week. So always check. That, I think Dave gets something up every day of the week, so it's really wonderful. Uh, but the most recent additions to the column section are Chris Davis. Our film bod, he knows exactly what's going on, Dan. He's he does. Like, uh, he has his finger on the button. He's got his finger on the button. I don't know where our finger is, but no. his finger's on the button. Yeah, but our he's... finger is nowhere near his. <laughs> no. He's written a, a great feature, Dan, on James Badge Dale, which I believe you referenced earlier. I did, yes. So now here's the payoff. <laughs> yes, here's the payoff to that. Yeah. And all, <laughs> my, my earlier cryptic message will now make perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. If you've lasted this long, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it's about what uh, under... Valued, I suppose, in many yes. ways, isn't he? He's underrated. Underrated, I believe, is the headline. Is yes, the James underrated work Dale, of James underrated. Badgedale. Yeah. Uh, and the man has actually read it himself, we're told. So so it would seem. Yes. And he, he sends his thanks on yeah. to all of us, because I feel like we've all had a hand in it, Dan. Yeah, sorry, Chris. <laughs> yeah, sorry for all your hard work. James Badgedale is one of those actors who, who it, it does feel like he doesn't get enough attention. The man's been in a lot well, yeah, just read uh, Chris's article yeah. to see that. I mean, I, I was picking up on things I, I completely missed that he was in. I mean, he's like a chameleon. What, what, what is it that you... That I you didn't realise he was in Shame. Yeah, he's the, the, the boss, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, my me first by. memory of him was the kind of little sidekick in 24 as Chase, I believe his name yes, was. Yes, yeah. But yeah, read that. It's a, it's a cracking little article. And, uh, and Chris knows what he's doing, Dan. Yeah, which is, <laughs> which is all I can say for us. <laughs> um Going on, uh, Tom Bond, he's a new addition to the site. He's producing some great stuff. He's doing the... Uh, it's kind of, I suppose, a bit like a cousin to the 1001 film feature that I'm doing. Yes. Uh, he's doing um, the kind of... The, the really... The dregs of the film. I, I, I was going to say, the, 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 the poor inbred cousin. Yeah, exactly. So I think he did uh, After Earth. He's doing some dreadful films. He did Movie 43. But I think uh, Dave has kind of unshackled him from, the, from that <laughs> for the moment. And he's taken on the best film never made for, for this week. And he's looking at Terry Gilliam's Watchmen. Which I imagine I read would have this been and I amazing. I was... Uh, you know, I, it would have been interesting. To, it would have been interesting. It would have been amazing to see. It would have been, and, and, uh, and the detail that Tom's unearthed—it's uh, it's a cracking yeah, feature. A good for, bit of research. For all there. of you who don't know, it, 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 these are films that kind of spent their time burning in development hell. Yeah, and films that could and sh- or perhaps should have been made but never got round to it. And I think we've looked at Aronofsky's Batman, but this one is cracking. So kudos to Tom, and make sure you check it out. Check the reviews out as well. There's all some new stuff. Yeah, and that's about it, really. Uh, you want to do a thing? I was going to say. So, without further ado, do you want me to do a little contact us, or do you want? Is this going to? Because this is the final firework, isn't it? It's the final firework. Right. If you want to contact us, we are now doing this new. It's challenge Chris, challenge Dan. Dan has got a challenge for me yeah. in that gold sequined envelope that Tracy's. She brought it in. Well done, Trace. Cheers, darling. Um, but we've got uh, so the new challenge. But if you want to challenge either of us, you can email us. Uh, email us. Sorry, at one room with a view show at gmail dot com. Tweet us at One Room With A View, that's numerical one, and follow us on one, at One Room With A View on Facebook. Yeah. No blood that time coming out of the years, Dad. <laughs> you did well, that's good. Cheers. So, right, yes, the envelope, which you may oh, have heard envelope, me just rustling. The gold yeah, oh, blimey. So big and gold, it's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> Tracy's not bad either. We? <laughs> we'll never be able to broadcast again. I apologise for my co-host. <laughs> Oh, slightly sort of carry-on style humour. <laughs> Chris Hewitt, as of next <laughs> next podcast. <laughs> um, right, so yes, your challenge, Chris, mm. is 
to go and see uh, Lars von Trier's oh. latest. Oh, Nymphomaniac. Nymphomaniac, parts one and two. Okay. And report back. I mean, you have, you know, you have to go you know, by yourself. Okay. Perfectly normal. <laughs> <laughs> Is this back to back? Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. in both, yeah. Yeah. So a big, a big, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, why not? Let's yeah. see some hardcore sex. Yeah. On my own. <laughs> and uh, next, 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 uh, in next uh, week's podcast, yes. you can tell us. So report back in a couple of weeks' time. Report back in a couple of weeks' time how it went. Okay, perfect. Um, if you haven't been arrested for any sort of. No. Um, Have those tickets been paid for me or <laughs> am I fitting the bill as well? Uh, you'll be fitting the bill. That's part of, that's part of the challenge. <laughs> can, you, can you pay for this? <laughs> challenge Chris, challenge Dan. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, well, uh, we hope you've had a ball because we have. As always. Yeah. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time for some hardcore Danish sex. <laughs> Cheerio. You're listening to The One Room with a View Show with Christopher Preston and Dan Orton.